Hello, welcome to the Contradiction Queen podcast reboot. I am so glad that you joined me for this beautiful, conscious, and riveting conversation with my friend, Lynn Talley. Lynn is a retired ballet dancer who has a passion for clean crafted wine and works with women to reclaim the wholeness of themselves. She is a vibrant soul, and I just know you're going to love this conversation. We talk about embracing our feminine, reducing what she calls the overing that we can sometimes do in life, and even touch on the importance of creating some space in your busy schedule. Lynn also shares a really helpful grounding practice you can use on the fly, and the three themes that she uses to genuinely cultivate more vitality and joy in her life. Sit back, maybe snuggle up, and enjoy. So, Lynn, I am, as I was saying a minute ago, I'm so happy that you're here connecting with me today. Um, I was thinking back when I was kind of prepping for this about when we met and I think I met you through my mentor, you know, Nani, um, and we were like working on a project with her together. Right. And I was living in Florida. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I remember thinking like on the very first call. I was just like, I had like a girl crush on you. Like, <laughs> like just hearing you, I mean, we weren't even on video, I don't think. I think it was just phone. But you were like infectious, just your energy. It came through. And I loved it. <laughs> That's such a um wonderful <laughs> intro thank you that uh, that time I remember I was really claiming my sense of self in a way that I had had not um really ever I feel like uh, allowed myself uh, I was I was um embracing more of the feminine uh frequency. And um, I believe at the time, if I can recall back, um, well, let me just say this. Thank you for the compliment. I'm receiving it. Um, but I'm also finding myself um, wanting to explain why you might have felt some of this radiance <laughs> that you might have been attracted to. It's like, I can't own that it was just me. Um, I was in this exploration of uh, really generating a connection to this feminine radiance. And so um, that's what I attribute it to. <laughs> yeah, but it is also just you, right? I mean, you were really aligning with your own frequency. I mean, to, I didn't know you before. <laughs> I've only known you as this version of yourself and like connecting to that femme and 
girl. It's magic. It's sexy. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Being in the group with you um, and Anani and the other women in that group, I was uh, definitely a big part of why I wanted to be there was to continue to open myself up and embrace this whole part of myself. You know, I, I lived um, very much more, I would say, in that uh, head masculine space, not realizing there was like another part of myself that I could really open up to. Mm -hmm. So I feel so grateful to have said yes to groups and communities and dialogue around uh, how to tap into that because it has been very uh, fulfilling for my soul too, to embrace that part of myself. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would love to hear more about that and that exploration and how that shift happened for you. Um, but before we get there for the listeners, um, obviously like I, called you Lynn, you're Lynn Talley, but maybe you could tell them a little bit more about yourself and what you do, and then we can go into how you got here. Yes. Okay. So um, that's always the, the question of like what I do, I feel like is a very uh, hard question for me. The, the truth is, what'd you say? Same. 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 Yeah. People ask me, I'm like, it's a lot of things. <laughs> It's a lot of things, you know, I'm really, I am very interested and invested in, um, in a couple things that really speak to my soul and, um, all the way from, I have a community called the ritual space that I support those who are interested in reducing overwhelm overthinking, just the overing that we can do in life and start to feel more liberated in their own spirit through rituals. And I, the rituals that I really work um, or bring to the table are energy techniques, um, things that you can do anywhere at any time. And um, so there's that. Um, and then I also work with this uh, incredible company that's a clean crafted wine company and that um, partnership is actually what I'm most involved in right now and it's part of my journey story that I'm looking forward to, to sharing a uh, very unexpected partnership really but those that's those are the two things that I am I'm currently very much involved in nice nice um, both of which I'm excited to hear more about. And when you say like with the ritual space, cause I saw that, uh, I think on your Facebook page, maybe you had posted something about it. And, um, then when I went to your website, it was beautiful, all about ritual space. Um, what type of like energy techniques and stuff do you do with that? So I'll back up a little bit and share that before I arrived where I am today, 
I used to be a professional ballet dancer. So I retired at the ripe old age of 21 and walked into a world that I really didn't know. And being in the ballet, it's very small and, you know, like, seems like, you know, everybody. And so growing up, that was my world. So I, I said um, that I was ready to make a shift. So I did. And when I shifted, I chose to go down the journey of being my own business owner. And I started a company over a decade ago now where I taught yoga in businesses and focused on stress management. So I've always had this passion for um, well-being and uh, mindfulness. And so at the beginning of 2018, when we met, yeah. I was in a place of wanting to, as I mentioned earlier, reclaim a, a part of myself. And part of the, what propelled me to do that was because I was feeling extreme burnout, even in my own business. Like I had created my business. It was around health and wellness. And here I am feeling burnt out, like something's not right. <laughs> and uh, so I had been, um, you know, all these years studying meditation and yoga. And, and I mean, those are all energy technique practices. Um, and I just opened myself up to some other techniques that were, I would say, uh, more accessible, like not where I'd have to roll out my mat for 20, 30, 40 minutes, right? Or that I wouldn't have to close my eyes and really drop in, which are both still significant things that um, I want to incorporate, but I wanted things that felt more accessible at the grocery store or like, um, you know, waiting for, um, waiting at the stoplight. So I just dove into energy techniques and energy, other energy modalities. And I came to several that were really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward to, I guess it was 2019. I started to um, work more with uh, individuals or this happened before working with individuals, but I started to use this deck of cards with individuals, my deck of like energy techniques. And cause I would teach them and then they would go and practice them. And so I had this like deck of cards that I was like, what, what can I do with this? And that's when I sat in curiosity and was patient. I didn't, you know, try to force anything. At least I feel like that was a real intention. And the ritual space came to my mind and I was like, oh, this could be really cool. People can join this community, get access to this deck. I could teach them these techniques where eventually they have this deck of cards that they can then pull a card, right? Like that intuitive pull of like, what technique really will work for me right now kind of thing. And so that's kind of where, how, how it all happened. Oh my gosh, I love that. I do. And I could use the quick technique for the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes it's like, do I want, you know, and I really can drop in but it's still like, okay, I have to stop and breathe or, I mean, there are things that I do sometimes that are more accessible for when I'm in public or like when I used to work for the government and I was like in a meeting. Yeah. But I think, um, to have that deck 
and to be reminded of them and just to know it's there for you. Because sometimes in the moment, like when it hasn't been your practice or you're not that familiar, even if you have like practiced meditation for years and years and years, in the moment of like when you really need something, yeah, it can you can kind of panic, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're so wired. Uh, I feel like survival mode is just wired in yeah. our nervous system. And yeah, like things can trigger us so quickly and we can very easily drop back into old patterning. So um, having things that, uh, I mean, meditation is such a beautiful, I think, I feel like it's like the queen of the practices. Like it's just, you really can't, at least in my experience, I haven't truly found a technique that is that, oof, just, I do know what you mean. It's like, and I see why you use the word queen because it's so connecting, so like juicy and rounding, and it's like all the things. Yes. At once, (laughs) and you can really, like, in the middle of meditation, just get everything you need. I mean, that's, you said it so beautifully. It feels that way. It just feels like it sinks you up, turns you on, opens you into this realm that is everything. Yeah. Um, And when you practice meditation, uh, I would say regularly, you get to a place where you can turn that feeling on more quickly. Like you can be maybe at the grocery store and you can like feel it. That said, I have, like you mentioned, there are times when it's just, you get so quickly pulled in the other direction. So having some quick at your fingertip practices that just at least in that moment can get your energy shift back to, um, less of that triggered visceral place. Um, And sometimes it's not even like we're talking more extreme experiences, right? Like sometimes it's just uh, feeling just slightly off and just wanting to be able to get back to this solid, more grounded um, center. So the techniques, what I love about them is they, uh, they offer that spectrum. Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny. One of the things that um, can throw me off, which this is actually hilarious, but sometimes I'm like, do I want matcha or coffee? (laughs) Like I can't even fucking decide if I want matcha or coffee. Like then I start getting anxiety and it's like, who even cares? Like, you know, but it's just like, maybe I'm already just kind of feeling a little disconnected. And then I need, I'm like wanting to go make myself matcha or coffee. And I don't know which one I want now. Cause I'm just like, not really in my body and in my space. I was just going to say that is just the spinning upward, right? Getting pulled into this logical or, you know, decision-making space 
And I just had a session with my intuitive energy coach because I have one for myself. And she gave me a new technique, which I can't wait to add to my deck. Um, and it was to help get it, the, the reason why she gave it to me was because I was having this moment in my business of asking too many questions of how and what, and, um, and it was clear. It was so evident that I was in my head and not in my body. And she gave me this technique of putting two fingers right in the middle of the chest, which is your thymus. It's like the place for power. When you think of like the gorilla, like pounding its chest, right? It like brings back that sense of certainty, that confidence. So you can touch there and then with two fingers pressing there, and then you can press a a bit higher, kind of right below the collarbone that connects you back into your body very quickly. Like if you just let yourself feel that pressure, take like three big breaths. So even when you're in that moment of like, what should I have to drink? (laughs) I'm just feeling so spun out. Like just come back to here and then ask the same question. And that guidance from the body, I know sometimes it sounds really, um, I don't know, cheesy or uh, Uh silly. Yeah, like coming down into the body. Oh God, what's the butt really gonna say? No, but it's like so incredible how quickly it, it brings you back to a, a source of self that is really clear that like knows what it wants. So um, yeah. So even in those, those moments, these sorts of things can help us for sure. Yeah. That's a great example. Thank you for sharing that one. I actually, when I was doing it, I did feel a drop in like even more. And I meditated before this. So I already feel pretty grounded. I mean, I just have, I'm a Vata. I have flighty energy. Um, so even just doing that for the, those like couple seconds, I just felt myself drop in like even more. Yeah. So for it's sure. Just, it's really quick. It's so simple and quick. I feel the same response. Like my body, it's, it's uh, my body kind of, I feel like comes forward. And then my mind is like, Oh, okay, here we go. Like, this is where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, this is where we're going. Oh, okay. I guess I'll do that. I yeah. know because my mind is often um, everywhere. You know, like I have to really reel myself in sometimes. And I mean, it's become just kind of part of my practice because, okay, I can be more flighty or I can overthink things like you were talking about the overs. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a very like intuitive and feeling person, but I can also be really logical and like, let me figure this out. Like I know the plan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So having these practices to really like tell our mind where to go mm-hmm. is for people like that. It's so important. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just happen naturally. Especially those of us who have that tendency, because I'm the same way. I've just been so, I didn't really think that there was any other way to be other than in my mind. Uh, And what I believe and what I share to those that I work with is around, um, when it comes to our minds, our minds are, are brilliant. They, they, 
they do remarkable things for us. Like it's not like hating on our minds because our minds want to process all this stuff. You know, I, yeah. a lot of people say things like, oh, if my mind would just be quiet or, you know, like, and it's like, no, it, it's just doing its job. So having this relationship with making sure, okay, wait, we're, we're letting our, our, our encouraging our minds to do too much work. It doesn't need to work this hard. Okay. So when we're aware of that, okay, let's get back into body or let's take a break. Let's go outside. Let's lay in the grass or get a good exercise in just so our minds can take a break itself. I don't, I think honestly, the mind, it's like a Labrador retriever. It's just going to like try to make us happy and do whatever it wants. Right. But I think at the same time, it probably wants to take a break. It probably wants to not have to work so hard. So helping to retrain our experience with it is so powerful. And I feel like there's so, so many benefits for getting a better relationship with how we work with our mind. Yeah, I completely agree. Another practice I've, um, I often do is one, I don't remember exactly where along the way I learned this, but I know working with one of the energy healers um, that I started seeing like almost 15 years ago, she really would work with me to like, just talk to the different parts of my body. And so I oftentimes will, if I'm asking my body like for guidance or I'm trying to go into my intuition and my mind is just, I will clear space to sit with everything my mind has to say and then just say, wow, like, thank you for all of that wisdom and that knowledge and really appreciate it. And then say, and now that I've heard you, can you give room for my gut to speak or my heart to speak or whatever, you know? That's such a gentle way to do it. It, it reminds me, and it's, it's such a great way. It reminds me though, when I was in yoga training early on, I was probably like 24. I can't remember exactly. And I was riding my bike. I was living in Charleston at the time as well. I was riding my bike and I had so much inner chatter. It was like, it sounded like a crowd of people just talking all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was because the yoga started to bring more awareness. Like I started to notice things more. So I started to notice this and my solution, this is so funny to me. My solution was to imagine putting tape over every single voice's mouth. And then like, and I did it. And then I would just imagine them going, And it, it worked for, you know, it worked for me. And I remember going back to the, the yoga teacher who was facilitating our training and telling this to her, just feeling so um, excited that I had come up with something that was working. She looked at me like I was batshit crazy. And then I like took that, like, I was like, so insecure, you know, like, so young and impressionable at that age. And like this woman, you know, had, had it all figured out, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, 
but now I'm so I, like coming back, certainly back to that memory. It's like, yes, like getting ourselves to, however, I think yeah. your, your technique is, is way healthier than just. Muscle. I don't know. I must start trying the tape over the mouth thing sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That is so funny. I actually love that visual. Like zip it up, you know, just. It's too much. I can't, I can't hear. I don't know what y'all are all saying. I just need to, um, I just need some quiet for a second and, but acknowledging, yeah, it's letting ourselves not, not make it like what our minds have to say is, is not right. Like, and especially in like the world of, of, bringing people back to more of their intuitive selves. Yeah. I think that there can sometimes be this tendency, like the mind is, is wrong or bad, or it's, we're, you know, like the thoughts, we shouldn't be thinking all these thoughts. Like, no, it's like, we're processing. And I think that the, the faster we move into consciousness, the more that we're receiving. Yeah. And, and there's things that are meant for us and things that aren't meant for us. And um, we're just getting better at being able to move through those, um, those thoughts and um, information. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes like questioning the thought, you know, um, is important because it might be, I think when you said like things that come in that are meant for us or not meant for us, sometimes like I do a um, morning journaling session and I just write whatever is coming in my head or, you know, and a lot of times it ends up being what I feel is like spirit speaking to me. Um, But sometimes even then, like I'll write something and then I'll just question it because it seems like, what is that possible? Is that, you know, just my mind, you know? And I think, in the like spirit world and when you're like going into consciousness work and a lot of times I think there and I will speak to for like I grew up in church it was like don't question what you like feel like God is telling you whatever you know now I don't really think of it like some man in the sky, God is telling me something, but, um, I've learned that it's really valuable to question Mm -hmm. and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because it's all ego. Like if you don't want to question it, what are you afraid of hearing or are you, who, who are you scared you're going to piss off? Like, why not question it? Absolutely. Question it, stay curious about it. Like, um, I definitely agree with you. I think that's more of a healthy approach than just there are things that come through for me that I'm like, really? Like, (laughs) wait, wait, let's back up a second here and not just, um, rolling with every, everything that comes through. I think that that is a healthy thing to be sure that you are questioning and staying curious yeah yeah and so gosh I have so many different ways I want to go with questions 
Um, <laughs> I'm like, this is such a like neat little, you know, cause I wanted to kind of circle back to what kind of opened you up to, um, like when you were talking in your intro, you were saying that you were more in your mind and like you went on this journey. <clears throat> so I do, I definitely like want to hear more about that because I think a lot of people that connect with me, a lot of my readers and my listeners and even my clients um, kind of are on the cusp of that letting go of, and I don't even know that it's like letting go of, but just maybe expanding into, mm -hmm. you know, like, cause you don't necessarily like not have your masculine energy inside anymore. And that's really important to have. And like, we've been talking with the mind, yeah. but how to kind of expand into being more intuitive and receptive and I think maybe hearing like some of how that happened for you might be helpful. Yes. I love the word expand or the phrase like expand into the words that I used um, or the main one that I used was reclaim because yeah, I, I felt like I was just coming back to like a wholeness of myself because it's not getting rid of a part of me. It's just swinging that, um, swinging that dial or, um, or bringing everything more or bringing a part of myself that may have been more dormant or not even, I didn't even know. Existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel like where I would start, um, I feel like, you know, the journey to here could probably go back many years. Uh, but I definitely remember the moment that I decided there had to be, there was this part of myself that was missing, which, or wasn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't have a good relationship with. And that was when I realized that I was burnt out with my own company. Yeah, with <laughs> like your I wellness said, company. <laughs> I built this company and it's all around health, wellness, and mindful stress management. And here I am feeling like I want to give it all up and um, just not having any passion around it anymore. And that there was a lot of irony in there for me that I was like, well, I'm obviously not living to the fullest that I feel like I could be living. Um, to be able to really, I don't know if being an example was really what I cared about, but um, so I took sort of inventory or evaluated it. And as I mentioned, I was a professional ballet dancer and then um, went straight into uh, being my own boss and I looked at those two things and one, obviously being a ballet dancer, I mean, that's, there's a lot of dedication while it is very feminine in, from the external audience view, it is very masculine. Yeah. You are an athlete. It is, it is um, rehearsing, doing it again and again, repeat practice over and over. So I knew how to show up to something with that, 
in that way. And then also um, looking at the majority of the people that I worked with, majority of as, bo as bosses, um, a lot of them were men or a lot of them showed up like how men do, which is what, you know, business has mainly been men, yeah. like leading yeah. the way. And while we're in this beautiful transition, really everyone has been taught how we do business based from the man's perspective. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with that. That's how a man can do business. They do it really well. But for a woman in what I started to realize is, whoa, that actually doesn't tap into my best qualities. So I was like, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And this is where, right, like getting curious and asking questions. Um, and the thing that came to me was to start to, how could I, like, how could I be, um, how could I bring forward more of this feminine? How could I embody it more? How could I not only get to know it, but let it be a part of my business, how I show up to my business, how I show up to myself, how I show up to my relationship. So being a dancer, I realized that embodiment piece was a huge part of it, letting it be in my cells so that then it could naturally come forward in the work that I'm doing. And so I decided to sign up for pole dancing classes. Naturally. Naturally, that's what you do, right? Obviously the next step. Obviously. Obviously. Um, I've done pole dancing too, by the way. It is fun. Oh gosh. It just, there's so much about it that I just am so glad that I, I'm so glad that that came through for me. And I said, yes, let's try this because it is so fun. It has liberated a part of myself that definitely had been dormant for a while. And, but my logic um, while, while it was definitely a heart pull, my logic too was, well, this is a movement that creates this like figure eight, um, this very fluid movement, whereas like a yoga practice more, I mean, you can get more dancey in it, but it's, you know, it's very, um, here's the posture and here's the posture. It's, it feels more linear, um, in ways. Uh, at least the way that I had explored it. So I kind of wanted to explore movement um, with pole and more of this like feminine moving. And of course, I mean, this is for a whole nother conversation, like pole dancing has such a spectrum of like, it could be very sensual and sexy and like, let's take all of our clothes off. And it goes all the way to I think it might, or there was talk of it being an Olympic sport because it's very, yeah, because it's more gymnastics-y. It's like yeah, yeah, aerial, yeah. right? So you have this whole spectrum of people in, in that world. But I kind of, I guess I stepped into it with that um, more sensual, um, creative flow, fluid movement. Uh, and it, yeah, just tapping into that, I feel like started to wake up this part of myself that then I was able to use in how I showed up to my, my work. And uh, other themes included slowing down, being more intentional, creating a schedule, an actual schedule nice. that had spaciousness in it, that like I didn't plan something after something where when I would randomly um, run into somebody, I didn't have 
time because I was on to the next task, right? Like now I have, if I run into a friend unexpectedly, I have that time to actually engage in them. You know, I, I created space in my schedule for the universe to also bring me the things that I couldn't see. Um, I feel like I've, I've gone very long winded and no, no, I love it. And I love the creating space in your schedule. Um, because we've gotten so far away from like just doing nothing like and how that there's a really beautiful essence to doing nothing and how it creates like literally we can create so much by doing nothing yeah and yet in our culture that is considered wasting time mm-hmm. and um I don't know exactly like when and where that shift took place because when I think back to my grandparents life or like even my childhood versus what I see in other kids and their childhoods (laughs) um you know so much magic happens Mm -hmm. and I love how you said I'm sure I don't have the words exactly right but something like you know creating space for the universe to deliver to you. Yeah. That's we I mean like that's one thing that I realized. Wow, I'm not even giving this energy outside of me an opportunity to even come to me because I'm walking all over the schedule and the time, right? Like I'm filling it all in. I'm controlling it so much. And so creating space there um also remembering that we are co-creators and part of that means especially from the feminine lens really really getting good at calling it in yeah um which is really edgy for a lot of us because of how we have been raised and culturally celebrated for being so productive this is something recently too around the word productive and self care. <laughs> and I'm like, can we just uh-huh. do self care because that's good for okay. our being, not because it's helping us be more productive? Yeah. Like, yeah. And also not needing it because we've worn ourselves out, but just <laughs> doing it because it's good for us. We enjoy it. And it is necessary. It's not a, like an indulgent thing to give yourself time for whatever self-care looks like for you. It's literally part of the way the universe works. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there is the, there is a whole thing about what productivity looks like and, you know, I think, um, well, this actually gets kind of into um, 
one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, which was like, you know, intuitive thoughts and actions. And I think one of the things you said in your email was like, um, like saying yes, even when it doesn't make sense. And like all of these things are so interconnected because they really don't fit in that masculine framework of business and success. Um, and even like the calling it in, you know, yeah. none of that is in the masculine framework for business. Mm-hmm. And so we as women have to really learn how to shift into all of this and embody it as you were saying and own it and be it. And, you know, that be how we build our businesses and how we work and we move with the world. Yes. To me, that is the real gift. I continue to I don't know why this is the way I'm saying it right now. It's like the gift that I'm continuing to give myself in this lifetime is that continued commitment to showing up in this way. It's so, mm, for some reason I'm having this like hesitation because I don't want to say it's challenging. (laughs) Um, But there is that it's, it's, it's courageous. It's challenging because it's not how most people show up. I think it's how most people want to show up. I feel like it's the way that people want to be able to be in business, um, especially women. Um, and yeah, the, the saying yes when it doesn't make sense. I had a extremely profound experience of that with the wine company because early on in 2018, when I, you and I met again, we um, were collab- collaborating in this project. Um, I was in the middle of sitting with, well, what, what is it? What is it that I'm actually desiring? And it was like this, energy. And I remember sitting in meditation twice a day. I was just like, I'm slowing the fuck down. Like, you know, the way that I've been doing it hasn't worked. I'm slowing down. I sat in deep meditation and I called in this energy and this energy, I can bring it forward right now for you. It was very clear. I wanted to be a part of a community. We were working on something that was really special something that was doing something really good. There was an impact being made by our efforts and our work. There was also some financial compensation there. Um, and then the, the vision was kind of like the end, the, the end of what we had done. And we were with each other and we were pinching each other like can you believe this is our life like we were just like celebrating yes and in that vision there were no details there was no details of who or what we were working on or what we were celebrating what the impact was 
I just knew that those pieces, I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, that was at the beginning of 2018 for like the first three months. And then August of 2018, I went to a wine tasting. And at the time I wasn't drinking wine. I, um, I had stopped really consuming wine because I didn't really feel well after drinking wine. And I just thought it was me. <laughs> I went to wine tasting. No. It is, no. Isn't it though really great when you realize it's not just you? It's not just me. And I was able to realize <laughs> that at this tasting and um, I was able to enjoy this wine. And um, I felt in my body like this, like say yes to partnering with this company didn't make logic sense for me to be a part of this company, but I knew. And eventually it came to really be known that it was synced up to this community celebrating this incredible success and impact. Wow. So part of, I believe, as you were mentioning, for sure connecting with that feminine is getting into the body of what is that energy that you're calling in, feel it, soak it up, let it move through, circulating through into your cells as though it is real. Mm -hmm. Don't get attached to the details of where it's going to come from, but be sure you remain open to it coming and not getting your mind stuck in, yeah, what is it? It's supposed to look like X, Y, and Z. No. Yeah. Um, and that was a real powerful example of that for me, that I'm so happy to have had that experience so that I could speak to it and then um, continue to bring that into my life and inspire others for their lives. Cause it's not the, it's not the way we typically do it. We definitely typically have it all outlined and here are our goals and here's how we're going to get there. And it's very detailed <laughs> and then we're disappointed when it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think just feeling like when something for me, these like visions and feelings and just little sparks often come during meditation. And I think sometimes like, especially for people who think a lot, um, and I have, have also like, I'm like in recovery for control issues. Many of us are, yes. Yeah. And, Me too. Yeah. And, um, I think when you have like those things going on, it, it can be challenging to just accept that you, this thing is going to show up. You feel it. It's real. It's real because it already has shown up. Yeah. And the tangible form is also coming. Um, and to not be trying to like control how and what and when and why and constantly questioning that, but just to kind of do nothing while mm -hmm. you wait 
and just trust that it's going to happen. Yeah. So you just like go on about your life. And what are some ways, like, what is that challenging for you too? Like the control piece or did it used to be? Because I would say it's maybe like less challenging now for me, but it still sometimes shows up. Yeah, absolutely. For me too. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that that's probably a snag that we will constantly have to um, unhook ourselves from. I think that that's just, again, one of those wirings that maybe in this lifetime, it will be completely eliminated. Um, but I'm not, I'm not setting myself up to believe that because I, yeah, I don't, um, not trying to limit belief myself, but I just, I think it's just one of those things. And, uh, I can say with my continued journey with this wine company, oh, like it's a, it's a direct sales network marketing style, um, which I, I want to just say, talk about a really awesome structure of business for us to be able to apply a lot of what we're talking about. I believe that it's, um, obviously it's a structure that it's, you're an independent consultant. You show up as much or as little as you want. And there is a significant number of people who still believe that that grind and hustle is required to Mm -hmm. be successful. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of being in that, the the current of the company growth, um, it became harder and harder and harder for me to stay anchored to the new paradigm, the new beliefs that I had really, that had brought me to be a part of the company. And so it wasn't until probably November of 2020 that I realized, oh my gosh, I had gotten swept back up. And it was another moment in time for me to be like, great. I'm aware that that has happened. Now let me get back to these, um, this energy, this connection, the source. Let me come back to the things that I know um, work for me and getting me back to the feminine. And, um, Mm -hmm. And now I feel reconnected to that and trusting in that the, the desire of what I want in my life, not getting wrapped up in the details, not looking at a bunch of reports on things and um, just showing up to this life, excited to see what's there, who's gonna show up. Um, I mean, I this podcast interview is an example, right? This wasn't something that I was like, oh, she's gonna be reaching out to me really soon to do this. I had no idea. It was a pleasure when I got your email to join in and have this conversation. So letting, letting go of the control, it's like, that's, it's all just the control. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think it's really important for people to hear that we, even it doesn't matter how long you've been practicing it you can still get swept up because you're just a human being, life happens. 
And maybe the difference is you can notice it because you've done it a different way before. And even if you've never done it a different way, like if you're hearing this, if you've seen other posts or blogs or whatever, that you're, you can at least be exposed to it Mm -hmm. to, you know, then be curious and figure out like, okay, how do I want to open myself up to the shift? Because yeah, you know, I tell that to my clients a lot. Like <laughs> the the point isn't that you'll never encounter this thing again that you're dealing with. The point of the work you're doing is so that when it comes along, because it will, you engage in it, engage with it differently. Yes. One of my favorite sayings a long time ago when I was working um, on another project around mindfulness and um, meditation was, this is not a gymnastics move. You're going to stick and land. (laughs) I love it. It's just not, it's, it's going to be something that's going to be, you're going to be engaged in um, so spot on. And so I, I've really enjoyed embracing the word practice. Like I'm just practicing uh, I'm practicing and see how, how it goes this time, you know, trying it, uh, this way or with this energy or with this intention. And, um, and then I also, when you were talking was, I don't know if you've read, I'm not getting, I'm not getting paid for this endorsement. I kind of wish I was, but I don't know if you've, you've read, uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, green light. No, but I love him. I do too. I appreciate who he is and how he shows up. Um, It's a, it's a fantastic book. And part of what he talks about is sort of getting kind of spun up in the chaos and the energy of this collective community and needing to find time to retreat, find solitude so he can release all that he's consumed and then finding then his connection to self source. I can't remember what words he used, um, but getting reconnected to that where he could hear his own wisdom. So then he can re-enter into the world, the field, the arena. So it's not like sometimes we need those like real I need to step out, you know, like I, (laughs) but just like, at least what I took away from him and his words was, I want to be able to come back and play in this arena. Like I want to be involved and engaged. Um, And then in order for me to do that in this big, vibrant way, there are times that we got to step out so that we can reconnect to ourselves. And that's all something that we have to determine for ourselves. We all have to know and only we can know how much or how little or when um, that is for us. Yeah. And even what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great point. Like giving ourselves permission to, again, slow down, step away. Um, That's so big because I... I mean, I just keep coming back to this cultural piece in our conversation, but 
it's like that's not necessarily rewarded or even encouraged or understood. So we kind of have to come to a place where we own it and we're going to give it to ourselves, whether anyone else is happy with it or not. Yeah. And I, Yes, <laughs> we have to give it to ourselves. It's not anybody else's responsibility. The If more of us would give it to ourselves, others will realize that they can give it to themselves and will shift out of, you know, because I work with a lot of women. So a lot of women use the word feeling guilty that they took time for themselves, you know, they've got children and yeah, like this, this is actually a selfless act because when you come back from these very intentional releasing, shedding, tuning back in, regrounding and all that, when you come back with that energy, yeah, you give more. You're more capable of loving more of being more compassionate, of being more patient. Like the return is so worth that choice and it's not selfish. Right. That's something that I've really had to, I'm not a parent myself, I don't have any kids. So I haven't had that stag in, in caring for myself, but many women do even, I mean, I feel like men are actually better at it than yeah. women. Men have a have a uh, easier time. I feel like saying like, "Oh, I really need this break," and doing it. And I know us as women can have a tendency to get really irritated with that. <laughs> I think that what we should do is say, "Wow, you're being such a great example. Like, thank yeah. you for showing me how how that's done." Yeah. I think when we feel irritated, that's a good indication. Oh, that's like, (laughs) I need to do that. I'm irritated because I'm not giving it to myself. And I I will say that um, I was fortunate because I started working with Onani. Yeah. um, Like right after... Jagger was born, my son. So, and he's 13 now. And yeah. And so I am sure, I am sure, I am positive that I have been looked at as selfish and, you know, whatever by other women and other moms. But I really don't care (laughs) because I worked really hard to get, and I don't know if hard is the right word, but I put a lot of attention and energy and consciousness into learning how to purposely give that to myself when he was a baby. Mm -hmm. So that, because like right after I had him, I was going through a lot in my marriage and I ended up getting divorced and there was just a lot on me and I felt, I started feeling this intense overwhelm and I knew how much 
I loved my son. And at the same time, I knew that I could not show up for him in any kind of form that I would be happy with if I didn't somehow take care of myself. And I didn't even know what that looked like or how to do it, which was why I sought you know, well, I didn't even seek her out. I mean, she just sort of, like we were talking earlier, like I knew I needed something. And in a lot of ways, I just called her in, you know, and she came to me like a friend and told me about her. I didn't even know this friend knew of this woman, you know? And so I've been fortunate and I feel like Jagger has been fortunate (laughs) that his whole life, he has had a mom who takes care of herself and takes the timeouts and sends him to his grandparents for the weekend and goes to yoga and does like, I do what I need to do. Close the door and meditate or don't fix him a home cooked meal one night. Cause I don't fucking feel like it. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a gift. It's, it's a gift because it's an example that he gets to see how to support, how you support yourself. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you don't have a model to show you, you have to become the model. <laughs> um, so yeah. he's going to see that so that he can then follow, follow that. And I think that is beautiful. And sometimes it is having to just say, I don't give a fuck what you <laughs> think or don't think like you don't, nobody really knows anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all people's stories and projections. And like you said in the very beginning, when you are going into that space, it's probably because there's something that someone's doing or how they're showing up that you wish that you could do or give yourself permission to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always um, remind myself of that. Like if I'm feeling resentful or if I'm feeling frustrated or even um jealous like oh that's probably because I want that for myself and I'm not giving myself permission to have it or do it exactly and that's uh having come from the ballet world I think I was very um exposed to that very visceral feeling of people wanting what you had or you wanting what they had. Um, yes. And early on, I made sure that I, however I could release that sort of inner dialogue engagement because it's the inner dialogue that's happening. And when I can catch it, I'm human too. When I can catch that I'm kind of like being that way, maybe Um, around celebrating someone or witnessing someone wishing I had what they had feeling that jealousy switching it around of one celebrating them like yeah incredible like that is such something that I know that you've worked to accomplish and if it's really something I want asking how'd you do it like what are what are what are your steps or you know like yeah celebrating them rather than trying to take it away from them Uh, which takes awareness. But again, when we come back to recognizing, okay, I'm, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling this jealousy. 
I need to take some time for myself. I need to get back to who I am in mind body. I need to know that I'm all good. I'm okay. I'm whole. And then I can step back into this experience with everyone else where I can have the capacity to catch that jealousy and then move it into more of a celebratory response which is that's just an example one example of many but yeah and I love how you said you know maybe even ask them how did you do it I think that's really um a level of courage and vulnerability to put yourself in that position to say gosh you know I really do want this too so I'm going to create connection with this person and ask for their help or ask for how they did it or their wisdom rather than creating disconnection through judgment and jealousy, which, you know, then just makes it more difficult for you to get where you want to go because you've created a literal disconnect in your life. Exactly. And not only are you creating that connection and giving you the opportunity to learn something new, mm-hmm. you're also giving to the other person probably some feedback that will help them to feel confident about what they're doing. Because yeah. so many of us, we share things and people think, oh my God, they've got it, they've got it all worked out. But on the other side of that, we're figuring it out and feeling insecure and wondering like, so you're giving people that opportunity to also receive that feedback that we all deserve. (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, that's a great point because I think we all, it, it feels good to all of us to be seen and to be acknowledged and to get a compliment or to feel like we're doing something right for once. <laughs> yeah, because on the other side of that post or whatever you're seeing yeah. that would spark this, you've got a person who they're showing up and they're trying, right? And guaranteed they're not showing up with this full confidence that, that they've got it all figured out and they're slaying it. <laughs> so many times I've had people reach out like, Colin, you're really crushing it. I'm like, I am like, wow. Okay. Like maybe you can help me boost myself up around that. So, um, yeah, while we swim in our pity party and jealousy, the folks on the other side don't get to receive that. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that important feedback. So if we, if we can switch that, catch it and switch it, then we're, not only giving back to ourselves, but others, which is just so powerful and so helpful and so beautiful and love and talk about, yeah, connection and community. Yeah. Yeah. Which we all could use more of. Yes. Especially even more so after the year we've just had. Oh my gosh. This year has, (laughs) I don't even know. It's like, I lost track of time at some point. I just, yeah, it's been a crazy one. And now it's already June of 2021. I feel like 
you know, we talked a, a little bit earlier about time and the time warp that just last year was so slow and it felt like the year that lasted forever. And now <laughs> I'm like, it's already June, what, 22nd or something? Yeah. I mean, goodness. yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So um, I have a couple of questions that I like to end the podcast with. All right. Um, so I was wondering what bullshit have you learned to let go of in order to be a more authentic, joyful you? <sighs> what bullshit have <laughs> I learned to let go of? Hmm. I would say what's coming to me right now is that I am broken. Mm. For the longest time, my self-help journey mm -hmm. was underlined, had an undertone that something was wrong with me. Yeah. And that's why I needed to do this work and that's why I needed to practice these practices and that's why I needed to show up to them. Whew, I realized that that having that undertone was keeping me there. And so I let go of that bullshit and claimed that I am whole and enough and I'm just allowing myself to embrace that, which I believe is what's given me the experience of my whole feminine along with my masculine give me that that radiance of real authentic present energy yeah I love that I love that and I can relate for sure oh my gosh especially I think when you know we go on these quote-unquote like self-help journeys or like these consciousness journeys and we see therapists or whatever form, you know, mentors and we do work, there can really be this underlying and I had childhood trauma. So there's like this underlying, like I'm broken, something's wrong with me. Yeah. And I, I can relate like letting that go is so powerful. And because you did, you know, that's part of probably why I, immediately had a girl crush on you and was like <laughs> she's infectious yeah yeah you know the it reminds me too I, I've said this so many times before but when I left the ballet um body issues obviously were a big thing mm. for me um and I realized I didn't want to hate my my body my whole life I really wanted to to love my body I wanted to love the body I was in. And um, I realized that the only way I, I felt like I had, the only way I could be motivated to go to work out or, you know, um, engage in exercise or fitness that would keep my body healthy and strong was I had to believe that it was fat. Like that's what had motivated me or I thought had motivated me before. And I was like, well, what if I what if I don't think I'm fat anymore? What if I like love my body? Why well, just lay around and you know, just right? Like 
if I don't have that belief, what's yeah. going to spark me to, and that's when I started to clue in like on other things, like what is my underlying intention here? And that's what I got to with self growth work was I continue to think I'm broken. And that's why, like, if I, I'm like, oh, I, I need to talk to my therapist because something's wrong versus um, a different story around it. So yeah, yeah, that's been powerful for me, for sure. Definitely. I can see why. For sure. Um, and then what are your top tips for cultivating a life of vitality and joy? Ooh, hmm. Gosh, there's so much I could say, but I will say the three themes that I pulled forward from what I did in my exploration were play, peace, and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And um, allowing myself to play, drop the seriousness really feel genuine joy, like not just put on joy, but like, how can I feel it um, in my body and my being? And then peace is being able to be still, being able to be in the, the nothing or the not doing and, you know, just the being. And then pleasure is letting myself have the things in my life that light me up and turn me on and what are the smells that do that what are what's the texture that does that what's the the food um the people the environments um and but letting myself have them not denying myself those things um so yeah, those probably those three very simplified words have been huge for me in cultivating that vitality and joy at a pure, genuine level. So it's play, peace, and pleasure. Yes. But I love it. Play is huge, right? I mean, when I learned to just, it's kind of um, <clears throat> when you were talking about practice earlier, like play is what came to mind for me because I say I practice a lot too, but, but to play with things and just totally just like not take it so seriously. Yes. Drop the seriousness. Like it doesn't need to be so serious. And I've brought to the wine company, I made a commitment. Oh, you'll love this story. I will see if I can find, I'm not sure if I'll be able to find the visual. I'll send it to you um, sometime. But when I started with the wine company, I was like, this is going to be nothing but a playground. I am going to let myself not know what I'm doing and just explore it and um, show up to whatever events or occasions that would bring me in front of people with these wines. It's all going to be playful. And sure enough, four months into working with this company, it was going so well. And I, my ego was a little bit like, 
why is this going so well when all of your other businesses were so hard? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. So I pulled this, um, I have this great Oracle deck and I pulled a card just asking the question, like, why is this so easy? Why, you know, what's, and the card title was play. And in the card was a picture, a draw, an illustration of a champagne glass with a woman in it. She looked like a mermaid and her hair ha had bangs and then it was like kind of wrapped down. And I sent it to my sister and I was like, oh my gosh, I pulled this card. This is like, so speaks to why it's yeah. going so well. And she zoomed in and it looks like me. It was, and I had never pulled, I had never opened this Oracle deck before, never pulled this card. So I was like, play, like yeah. all we need to do is play. Let's just have fun, drop the seriousness. Yeah. Um, and that's what that, this whole business journey with the wines started off and continues to be. Um, but it was a trippy, a trippy little experience there. It was That's funny. funny. Well, even when you were describing her like in the glass, I was, in her hair, I was like, well, that's how your hair is right now. <laughs> it was so funny. I'll, I'll definitely send you a snapshot of it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, and if anyone like wants to connect with you or find out more about you, about ordering wines from you, um, ritual space, any of that, where can people find you? God, the best place right now is Instagram. Who would have thought I would have said that? But um, yeah, it's- I don't look you up on Instagram because I think I only, I don't, I may only follow you on Facebook. Yeah. I would say Instagram is is the place that I like to play the most. So um, you'll find me there. It's my name, Lynn Tally, yeah. and um, I think I link most everything that I have going on there. My website is my name as well, and that that points more to my ritual space work. Um, yeah, and it's Lynn with one N. Yes, Lynn with one N and Tally with no E. T A L L Y. Yeah. Perfect. Gosh, well, thank you so much for joining me. I've enjoyed this. It's been a great conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm going to check out your Instagram when we pop off here. Because I, like I said, I, I'm always on Instagram, but I feel like everyone else is on Facebook. So I just have to like, I get on there and just every now and then. And that's where I kind of keep up with you. <laughs> Yes. Go hang out at Instagram with me. I really, I enjoy that platform. I mean, I'm on Facebook too, as you know, but um, yeah. yeah. Instagram's fun. Yeah. Great. So what did you think? Isn't Lynn a beautiful soul? I'm always taken by her calming presence and spin on life. I especially loved her reminder to more frequently dip into play peace, and pleasure. We could all use a little more of that. And that trick she taught us about how to tune in in the moment, magic. I'll definitely be using that on 
the regular. I hope that you too got something meaningful from our conversation. As always, I'd love to hear how it spoke to you. And if you especially enjoyed it, I would be honored if you left a review. As much as I loved this conversation, like all good things, it did have to come to an end. So that is it for today. But as always, you can find me on Instagram at Amanda R. Bryant or Contradiction Queen, on Facebook under Contradiction Queen, and of course, my blog, ContradictionQueen.com. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, do! You'll get all the latest on the release of my video blogs, my blog, my podcast, classes I'm offering, all the fun stuff. Okay, that's enough of that. Enjoy your day. Big love and peace. The views expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only. They are not to be taken as medical or mental health advice. The information shared is simply a recount of the lived experiences and views of those in discussion. Please consult a doctor or another healthcare professional for medical and or mental health advice.